This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Thursday, the 23rd of July, 2020, and in this show, I'm speaking to Craig Priest from the Mansfield Town Fans podcast, Mansfield Matter Matters, uh, about Blackpool's new signing, CJ Hamilton, and a few other bits and pieces about the mutual connections between us and the Stags. I'm John Aspinall, and this is the Seaside Podcast, episode 166, The Lowdown on CJ Hamilton. Seasiders fans out there, and also you Stags fans with uh, with any luck. And today I'm speaking to Craig Priest uh, from the Mansfield Town podcast. I nearly got it wrong, Craig. Is it Mansfield Matters or Mansfield Matter? The name Mansfield of your show. Matters. Yeah, yeah, Mansfield Matters. Yeah, I've, I've written Matter in my intro. I think I did. I say that. I think I said Matters, didn't I? I think you, you did. And yeah. then you corrected yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it be. Not the best start, is it, getting my uh, guest podcast uh, name wrong, but at least got your name right, anyway. So, so hi, Craig, just initially, thanks a lot for coming on, to sparing your time. And uh, unfortunately, we've stole another player from another club, uh, CJ Hamilton, but we'll be coming on to him shortly. Craig, can you just tell us a bit about your show and a, a bit about yourself, please? So introduce yourself, fire away. Yeah, well, firstly, thanks very much for having me. It's great. I'm slightly envious of the intro that you guys have got. I was sort of almost seen along in my head. I think we need to sort of up our game a little bit, to be honest. But uh, no, I'm uh, 29. Uh, been a Stags fan since around 2001, 2002. Last three seasons, I haven't missed a game. And if it wasn't for a year and a bit working as a radio producer, that would have been a little bit longer. Honestly, those Saturday afternoons, not being able to go to football is uh, it was, was a real killer. And that was some some part of the reason behind setting up Mansfield Matters to be fair um, I won't bore you with all the history but it originally started when the Stags were in the conference because nobody was doing commentary on games so we sort of uh, struck up an idea to do that and we did I managed to commentate on the Stags at Wembley in the FA Trophy final which was a great experience just sort of a couple of months after starting which was great um, 
got to see us against Liverpool and commentate on that and then you know lend my voice to a promotion winning season as well uh, then it all stopped as I went into radio and, and did a bit more production work and uh, three seasons ago uh, myself and a couple of friends uh, decided to make a bit of a podcast because there was nothing really out there there was no sort of radio show or anything to talk about the latest goings on at the Stags and it's it's sort of caught on we sort of mix it up between being an audio podcast and a video podcast so we sort of we record it live but we use Facebook live to to do it because a big part of our strap line is for the fans by the fans so we like to get other fans interacting uh, there and then live so we broadcast uh, on our Facebook page and then put it out as an audio podcast and it, it sort of got a little bit bigger as as the weeks have gone on, but I think, like you guys will probably know, when you're not do, when you're not doing so well on the pitch, it tends to become more <laughs> listeners. It's when when you're not doing so well, people tend to want to talk more, don't they? Mm. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. They need somewhere to vent the spleen, I think, don't they? And uh, so, absolutely. Uh, so you're actually a broadcast professional, so I better be on my uh, A game today. Professionally <laughs> stretching it, the boys will, <laughs> on my podcast will say that professionally is very much stretching it. But I'll take it. Yeah, take compliments whenever you can. Exactly. Right, Craig. So, Mansfield Town. I was doing a bit of research before before we came on, um, and I've noticed you finished in 21st place in League 2 on 38 points. So I guess you've had better seasons. Um, I remember reading somewhere that you've thrown a bit of money at your squad this season. Is that is that correct? Uh, it's it's one of them, isn't it? We've got rich owners, so people automatically assume that we throw money at it. Um, who are, who are your owners? John and Carolyn Radford. So uh, John's a local businessman, uh, you know, Mansfield born and bred, and his wife Carolyn's also the CEO. Uh, they now uh, reside in Portugal, which which tells you all you need to know. But they're very much hands on. Um, John has, and Carolyn have transformed the club since they came in. Uh, you know the, the whole one core stadium is is very different place to what it uh, to what the what the what stadium the one call stadium so that's john's business he's uh, one call insurance one call stadium right it was always field mill field to me mill. yeah mm. it, it still is to a lot of us to be fair is um, it still the same is it still the same stadium still the same location yeah, same yeah same place um but a lick of paint here a lick of paint there and uh, it's it's a lot better than what it used to be so last time i went i was in a terrace behind the goal um to my left there was a quite a big main stand and there was a mixture of i think it was a cow shed type stands to the right and left to the right and yeah. behind the other goal has that changed at all since the last yeah, one yeah that's completely changed so it was uh reach it was changed i think uh late 90s early noughties um developed then so it's now an all-seater stadium uh the stand where you were that's the quarry lane end which is now the home end um and the north stand where away fans are used to be the home end. So uh, as you look to your left, that main stand got knocked down and was replaced by a brand spanking oh, okay. main stand, um, which is which is where I sit and um, where the dugouts are now as well. And then to your right, the, the cow shed, so to speak, uh, that is kind of still there. Uh, the Bishop Street stand, which is now condemned and uh, boarded up. So it's just got sponsors and everything on right, the, okay. the TV gantry. So it's right. effectively a three-sided ground, a little bit like Oxford, but... <laughs> oh, I've got a friend who's an Oxford fan, so I'll, uh, I, I revel in there uh, reminding that. But we we suffered from uh, three sided ground for quite some time. We had the uh, the South End. I think it was empty for eight eight years. It, it just looks crap on TV, doesn't it? When you see it and the ball flying yeah, over. 
I mean, we're quite fortunate by virtue of the fact that the TV gantry is actually above that stand. Yeah. So when it comes across okay. the camera, you can't see it. But obviously with t- TV games and everything, they sort of put cameras everywhere. So uh, yeah, you do occasionally see it. At least it's not behind the goal anyway. So, yeah. No, at least you can't see a car park behind the goal. So, so yeah, so coming on to your, your last season then, um, how's it gone? Obviously not great based on the league position. No, I mean, to be fair, um, like you said before, John and Carolyn, you know, we have got rich owners and they do pump money and to support it. And we do get quite good signings. And uh, a couple of seasons ago, we finished in the playoffs, but in typical Mansfield fashion, we were actually uh, in automatic, the automatic spots on the final day of the season and then threw it away in spectacular fashion, ended up in the playoffs and lost in the semifinals. Uh, the season after that, because of the failure... Uh, in the playoffs, we sacked the manager and replaced him with the head of the academy, John Dempster, who uh, was a former player as well. And to be fair, deserves his chance, but inherited that squad, didn't really make many of his own signings and sort of was tasked with um, picking up from where the previous manager left off. Uh, we always reckoned it to being a, uh, a primary school teacher trying to teach uh, second year sixth form. And it didn't it didn't quite work it didn't quite go his way and sort of by Christmas time it was more of a relegation battle and to be fair to John and Carolyn they gave John uh, Dempster as much time as they, they possibly could but things weren't quite going right and a change was needed in came Graham Coughlin from, from Bristol Rovers a relatively inexperienced manager in terms of only managing the one club but he'd done a relatively good job turned things around and I think had lockdown not happened, we may have finished a little bit higher than what we were because we were just starting to hit our stride. But I think from a Mansfield Town fan's perspective, it's fair to say that uh, uh, lockdown probably did us a favour in getting rid of the season early and we can't wait to start again. <laughs> just releasing the amount of players we did, I think that says it all, really. Small mercies, eh? Um, Absolutely. So I'm just going to come a bit about coming into a bit about your history. Um so you you dropped out of the football league in the oh seven oh eight season. You spent six seasons in the conference. Five, five was five it? Five seasons, yeah, five. Counted that out wrong. Um, eventually returning <laughs> to football league after winning the title in twenty twelve thirteen. So, what was it like playing in the conference? And how tough? People often say it's a very tough division to get out of. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, they're not wrong. Uh, it was sheer hell. In that five years, I missed one game in the conference. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a journey that I never... I, incidentally, it was Oxford away. Um, we talked about them earlier. Um, it was a, a journey and an experience that I never want to experience again. Um, I, I know that sounds quite arrogant, and I think we were quite guilty of being arrogant when we went into the conference, but off the pitch... Um, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to us to be fair because we had an owner at the time whose name I shan't utter because it, it's still swearing in, in some uh, Mansfield fans' eyes um, so, and he eventually did sell the club to a, a couple of local businessmen the three amigos as they were dubbed um, they didn't really have enough resources perhaps to, to keep us going on a, on a steady keel and after a I think a season and a half, they sold the club to John Radford and, and the process began of turning it around. And in the three seasons which John Radford had as chairman and owner in the conference, we uh, reached the FA Trophy final the first season, 2010-11, reached the playoffs 11-12 and then promoted as champions 12-13. And since then, it's been a, uh, an upward an upward journey, really. Um, stabilised ourselves in League Two for a couple of seasons after that. Um had the playoff push under um, David Flickcroft, as I say, and then last season was one we want to forget. But uh, in terms of the conference, 
you know, if you're ever languishing down the wrong end of League Two, it's uh, you really need to dig your heels in and try and survive because mm. once you're down there, even now with the change in, in ruling for the playoffs, I know there's more teams now involved in the playoffs, it's still a tough division to get out of because only two go up. So, yeah, once you're down there, it's very hard. And you only need to look at the likes of, you know, Kidderminster, Stockport and Wrexham and mm. clubs like that who uh, have yet to bounce back. So you, you expect as a, a professional club to... I can I get where you're coming from with the with the whole arrogance thing. I expect us if we, it, God forbid it ever happened to us that we'd go straight back up. But like you say, you, you've seen that big list of professional clubs that are still down there and languishing. It's not a position I'd want us ever to be in, but um, hope, hopefully we'll never get there anyway. So let's yeah. move, let's move on to some notable ex players who've played for both. Uh, we were talking offline about this and. I've come up with Gordon Owen, which uh, fans of a certain vintage will have heard of. Um, obviously, you won't. You're younger. No, I'm a 90s child. That was way before. <laughs> um, I did notice you've got Neil Bishop. Um, I was just being released. So we had we had Bishop, I think, about four seasons ago, just as the rot was setting in with us. Um, a lot of people kind of didn't like him, but I did. I thought he was a... He always gave 100%, and I, I never slag players who give a... 100% and they put a load of effort in I thought he was a tidy utility player so how did you yeah, rate him yeah I'd, I'd agree Bish is one of those players that can easily divide fans a little bit like mm. CJ which I'm sure we'll come on to later on as well um, but obviously we signed him towards the back end of his career looks like he'll probably retire now which is a sh- which is a shame but he's probably got a couple more seasons in his legs if he wanted to drop down uh, a division um, he's one of those players that, as you say, always gave 100%, um, was very, very good for us in his first season, which was our, our playoff chasing season. Uh, a leader, rallied the players around him. Um, even you know when the legs were going a little bit, he always dug in and, and found that extra bit of energy. And to be fair, was probably one of the fittest players in the squad. And that's not mm. saying that our squad was unfit. That's just testament to how much of a professional he is. When he was released, he was one of those players um, who, to be honest... I was disappointed to see release because I felt we could have got a little bit more out of him, maybe another season. But, uh, you know, like all good things, sometimes a change is as good as a rest and we wish him all the best. And for us, I've not really got a bad word to say about mm. him, really. A, a top pro on and off the pitch. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, Craig, I can see in the background you've got a Neil McKenzie shirt. Um, he's a, a player yeah. that is a... <laughs> Grace both yellow and tangerine. Uh, a bit of a hero of yours, I believe. Absolutely. People probably laugh at that, to be fair. But um little story of how I got into football. I was being wildly ginger and with, with a bad eyesight at school, I was naturally a target for bullets. And I actually hated football uh, when I was uh, a lot younger. Um, but to sort of, you know, get over the bullying thing and to try and make new friends, I was taken uh, to watch football, to watch Mansfield, which was punishment in itself. But as it happens, we had a game and uh, I actually remember I was getting peppered and Kevin Pilkington, who was in goal for us, had a stormer. Um, and he instantly became my favourite player because, you know, I looked up to him as a bit of a hero. Um, I was asked, I asked if I could have a shirt. And at those times, they didn't sh- sell goalkeeping tops. I was gutted. Um, so my parents came back to me and said, look, we can't get you a goalkeeping top. We'll get you an outfield top. So you need to pick another player to get on the back. And the next game I went to, Neil McKenzie cracked one in from about 40 yards. So I just went him. Uh, he was wearing 14 on his back. Um, and that's sort of, I, I sort of use that now in my uh, Instagram and in my uh, Facebook right. as well. So uh, yeah, it's 
became a bit of a hero. And I've, since sort of going into media as well, I've got to know him a little bit as well. Um, and we're going to sort of do a couple of podcasts together in the future and things like that. And he's actually a really funny guy off the pitch and uh, uh, really humble and sent me one of his, uh, his, other, his, his shirts from a few seasons ago when he joined as uh, one of about a million players that was signed by David Holdsworth in the conference for a short spell. So uh, absolutely top man, but uh, probably not the best midfielder, but uh, certainly the first that I, I took a like yeah, to a young, innocent 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we'll... we'll- to close this section off and we'll talk now about Alex Baptiste um, a local boy a local boy done good um, we signed him uh, when was it like, uh, I think you had him straight from us I think you, yeah. I think you, you got him from us yeah 2002 um, sorry 2008 yeah so I was just looking on wiki it said you, he played for you between 2002 2008 um, hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 198 appearances, so... Bit of a club legend almost, playing that many games. Um, and a, a local boy done good, so... Do you, do you have any memories of Baps or? Uh... Yeah, he was he was sort of breaking through as I was starting to watch that era. So he came through uh, the old youth team alongside the likes of uh, Liam Lawrence, Craig Disley, and a few others uh, as well. We had a really good youth team then and produced some really good players who went on to, to good things. And Bap was one of them. Um, even for his age, a young player then he was only sort of eighteen, nineteen when he broke into the squad. He, he always seemed older than what he was. A good, reliable centre half and who could play right back as well. Mm, yeah. Um, he always performed well for us. Um, Did it surprise you he made it to the Premier League? No. Um, right. what's, I think um, what surprised me the most was that we managed to keep hold of him for as long as what we did, really. Um, I always felt that he, we'd probably get two or three seasons out of him and, and that would be it. We'd sell him for big money. Um, as it was, um, I think we, he just went on a, on a free. So a uh, bit, bit gutting, but it's really pleasing as a Mansfield boy to see somebody who you know grew up in the area, went to school in the area mm. to play uh, at the very top flight. And I know he's a free agent at the moment, although he's actually training with his old club, uh, Bolton, at the minute. Um, he's one of those players that we'd perhaps like to see back um, you know, before he hung up his boots. But uh, yeah, a top guy and a, a very good player for us. Yeah. He's gone on to, to do well and represent well. It's the... Uh, Bolton connection uh, Ian Everett's the new manager at Bolton yes. so it's the Blackpool connection there yeah. disliked by us so we're a bit gutted about Evo going there to be honest and uh, Baps, yeah, Baps has been there as well but I met him once in a local bar where I live I had a chat with him he always I said to him he always looks really miserable on the pitch but he's a really nice guy like in person yeah he, very soft spoken as well yeah. sort of uh, very articulate as well yeah he is right Right, uh, we'll just do a quick break now and we'll move on to the main event, uh, the chat about CJ Hamilton. Time for a quick break in proceedings to say, if you're enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support programme. 
Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades, and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better, and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return, like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests, exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod to find out more and hopefully sign up. Right, Craig, CJ Hamilton. I keep, in my head, I was calling him CJ Campbell to start with. Um, don't you remember that player called DJ Campbell? Yes. That's my, how my head's been working. I was like, make sure you say Hamilton. Make sure you say Hamilton. Make sure you say So, I'll just paraphrase from the BBC Sport page. Blackpool have signed winger CJ Hamilton from Mansfield on a three-year deal for an undisclosed fee. The 25-year-old scored three goals in 41 games for the Stags in all competitions last season. He began his career at Sheffield United, but left without playing a game and joined Mansfield in 2016 before going on to make 173 appearances. Now, Craig, I want you to be totally honest in your in your um, responses to this. If you slag him off, that's fine. If you think he's great, he's fine. So, tell us what exactly is it was exactly in your mind. So. What was your initial reaction when you first found out he'd been sold? A little bit disappointed, but also from a club perspective, um, slightly pleased because he had a year left to run his deal. Um, the director of football that we brought in, David Sharp, said in his statement um, when he was sold, uh, CJ made it clear that he wanted uh, a new challenge and, and to leave. And in my head, um, as, a, as a fan, I'd rather have players who are 100% committed rather than players who are 85 90% committed that's got in the back of the head a move. And obviously we've invested a lot of time into him, into developing him. And the last thing I would want to see as a, as a supporter is a player to be just released at the end of the season and not get any money for him. Um, it's a good move for him, a step up. Um, slightly disappointing that we can't keep hold of him, but this season for us especially is one where we're hitting the reset button. We've let a lot of players go who've been with us for a long time and it's, it's starting afresh, which we need to do. So uh, from that perspective, um, I'm pleased I'm pleased to see that we've got some money for him and, and to see him move up to to a higher level rather than just move across to somebody in our division. Mm. So could you elaborate on his best position and what we can expect as a, to see from him? Ooh, see, CJ is an absolute enigma of football. Um, it's one of those where he will perform well if he's played A, in the right position and B, in the right system. For me, at Mansfield, he performed best playing as an out-and-out centre-forward when we were playing um, three at the back and sort of playing a directional game. He thrived on you know getting in behind defenders. He's got absolutely lightning pace, which has led to the uh, fastest lightning song for him. Oh, what's that? Can you elaborate? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if we... Yeah, I don't wanna, you don't want to sing, do you? Come on. I'm, I'm definitely not singing. That's that's not going to happen. But I don't know if I should say say the chant or not. In fact, no. I will let um, Seasiders fans do a little bit more digging. I'm not right, okay. You can mess- message me on Twitter afterwards. I'll uh, I'll read it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's 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 pace. He's lightning quick. Um, he's a really really fast play- player out of the blocks. Uh, when he runs at defenders, he is really really frightening and can cause numerous problems. Uh, he's a good finisher when he, you know, gets on the ball and keeps his composure. Um, but for me, he's better as an out-and-out centre-forward. We've played him at right wing-back. we played him at left wing-back. Um, he was effective in those positions, but not as dangerous as, as he was um, 
playing out and out centre forward. But so I suppose if you know if you end up playing like a four four two or, or you play with out and out wingers, you you will probably see one good game in eight for him. Right. So his goal record doesn't inspire me with confidence. Three in forty one. Is that because he's been played out of position? Would you say, or is he inconsistent? Yeah, that, don't look at last season at all to be honest he was played uh, very sort of infrequently last season we couldn't really find a place for him um, he ended up playing sort of uh, left wing back which didn't really suit him and uh, he just didn't get forward enough the season before was when he really really contributed um, especially towards the back end of that season we had some major injuries to the likes of uh, our out and out striker Danny Rose who missed a lot of games so CJ was played as a, as a out and out centre forward alongside Tyler Walker and the two together were absolutely uh, absolutely on fire and I would probably say if you want to see the real CJ go over to YouTube and look at the Stags YouTube channel and have a look at uh, games like Exeter uh, from a couple of seasons ago, Newport in the playoffs, and then, then you'll see what CJ's really about and, and how effective it can be. So you've, you've mentioned that he's played on the left and the right and up top. So what foot is he? Has he got a strongest side? Or is he yeah, he's left-footed. Left-footed. left-footed, yeah. Um, and he will always take a chance on his left foot but he can use his right but he, his trait is pretty much like every other winger get down to the byline then cut back in um, so yeah get him on his left foot but get him uh, he needs to be thriving with a little bit of space to run into that's when he's most dangerous if he's, if he's marked tightly he can get out of tight spaces and, and do a, a few tricks and what have you but uh, he's much better when he's, he's got space to run into and, and, and gaps to exploit yeah, that's interesting actually because that's been our Achilles heel last season the, the left side and um, we, we were lacking in that area so yeah you know that kind of that kind of makes sense to me now so how how integral was he to your squad last season and how much will he be missed last season um if we were judging this transfer on last season alone a lot of people would have been pleased to see him go because he didn't really fit his his face didn't fit and he didn't fit into the way we played um however there's a reason that um, 12 months ago he had a million pound price tag on his head right. when we were the playoff side I think he was rumoured to go to Preston for a, for over a million um, and they did actually make a, an offer for him as well so uh, which which we turned down at the time so ah, interesting when we did that now but uh, yeah he was very he was in that season in particular the playoff season um, of 18-19 he was uh, he was very very key. I would probably say he was in our top three uh, players that season, but but last season not so much. Where did he tend to play in that season? Then you've just mentioned uh, probably eighty percent of it. He played as an out an out centre forward. Uh, the other twenty percent uh, as a wing back. Okay, so okay, interesting. So you mentioned his, his face didn't fit last season. Is that um, is that a, 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 something to do with the manager, or is it, has he got a problem with his temperament that kind of thing no to be fair to CJ he will always give you 100% and he will always work hard and it's not just CJ's face that didn't fit last season That's that goes for a lot of the players a lot of the problems we had last season in terms of where we finished and the results we got were due to a massive massive hangover from throwing uh, promotion away in the way we did just to sort of put it into context with um, three games to go we needed one point to seal automatic promotion and on all three occasions threw it away um, and then Jeez. yeah it was a spectacular dive um, and that sort of hangover and then losing the manager who was quite popular with the players uh, in the way and in, in the harsh way in my opinion that we did and um, 
that sort of hung over to a lot of the players and that sort of had a, a detrimental effect. And I think CJ, to be fair, yeah, I think that comment would be fair for CJ because under David Flickcroft, we saw the best CJ we've ever seen and he's played under five different managers. So he's one of those players who fits in certain systems, certain styles and uh, certainly fits uh, under a manager who, who can sort of put an arm around a player and sort of have those good positive man management skills right okay so we've got a new manager ourselves called Neil Critchley who was the uh, he ran the academy at Liverpool under 23 academy um, he managed Liverpool in that game against Shrewsbury if you remember last season Jürgen Klopp did one didn't fancy it so we're going to be playing the uh, air quotes Liverpool way next season obviously not with the, uh, the quality of players that they've got but that's going to be our system do you think Neil Critchley has seen something in CJ that will help him slot into that style of play. Yeah, I think so. He certainly fits that. He's a he's a sharp player, and he's he's got a good good mind about him. A lot of um, you know CJ's temperament will actually come down to how Critchley is as a, as a manager. Obviously, coming from an academy background, he won't be that sort of you know dictator style manager. Alice Steve Evans, who just barks numerous mm. instructions and just shouted run at CJ all the time. I won't do the impression. Um, but uh, need to put on a couple of stone as well. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit more than that, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, CJ's that type of player. Like I said, that you know thrives with an arm around him and I think uh, he might fit into Critchley's style and in terms of on the pitch if Critchley gets his position right and and plays this a little bit direct plays it from the back and sort of short sharp uh, counter-attacking football then you will see a really good CJ and it will be a good purchase for you right excellent what sort of style did you play last season out of interest uh, last season um I'll have to come back to you because I don't think either the players know that one. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was very much... Uh, we, we tried to play football, but we just panicked a lot and we just couldn't do it. So we just sort of... Uh, our, our style was imploding a lot. And yeah, it, it was... A season to forget. Week to week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A season to forget. But the season before, um, the one where CJ thrived a lot, it was, again, counter-attacking football, directional football, um, hitting teams on the on the break um you know getting into games quite early on and protecting uh, a lead for a good proportion of the game and sort of you know trying to be on the front foot from from start to finish with pace but unfortunately for us we didn't have the legs to last an entire season it's great when you start out and you sort of get up there at christmas time but if you've not got the legs to back it up uh, it doesn't quite work yeah. in the end right craig just to, to finish off finally how do you think he'll get on at blackpool and do you think he's got the potential to play at a higher level in the English game he's definitely got the potential to play at a higher level um, I hope and I'm sure that we'll have put on a sell-on clause for him um, I don't think we're that daft to just sort of cash in mm. and, and not see future developments um, we're not necessarily uh, a selling club we've never really been uh, a, a selling club so actually to to receive money for a player it's actually quite a rarity in, in the last probably five seasons or so um, for us um, he's a good lad I know him off the pitch a little bit as well through my uh, through my other ventures and, and things like that he's a really good lad down to earth um, good family man who 
always gives 110%. I hope he does well. Like I said before, it will all depend on how you guys play and how you guys set up and how quickly he settles. Obviously, you know, there might be a potential for him to, to have to move and things like that to, mm. to relocate. So give him time to settle. Be patient with him because he's one of those players who who will frustrate and, you know, certainly for us took a lot of time to get going but once he does get going then you've got one hell of a player on your hands and we might be looking back in a couple of seasons to come if he hits the ground running and uh, be regretting selling him but uh, I wish him all the best and and hopefully for you guys he he goes on to thrive a little bit That's very very kind of you to say so Craig you've got one hell of a player on your hands and I think we'll we'll take that and we'll we'll leave it at that so thanks a lot for your time Craig Really good insight and I uh, appreciate your time and I hope I see Mansfield back up in the uh, higher divisions and I can once again play, 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 have a trip to Field Mill or whatever it's called these days again. I've forgotten the name. It's the one course stadium nowadays. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, being on today. And uh, likewise, I look forward to coming to Blackpool. Like I said before, my last memory, my only visit to Blackpool was uh, a checker trade trophy game, which we lost on Abba style penalties, which uh, is, uh, I don't want to linger in my mind for too long. So it'd be nice to get in the same division, division, yeah. hopefully, with Mansfield in League One. Right, okay. Right. Thanks a lot, Craig. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.